This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I am Joseph Berto from White City, Oregon, and you are listening to a special Horse Husbands Only edition of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for September 28th, episode 1785, brought to you today by the Shaken Fork and the Flexen Fork. I am a manly man who lives a manly life in my manly house with my manly wife. And now, from the Man Cave at the Horse Radio Network, the monthly Horse Husbands episode starring Timothy Harfield of Horsehubby.com and America's Horse Husband, Glenn the Geek. This one is for you guys. No horse women allowed. Well, hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Of course, it's the fourth Thursday of the month, which means it's Joseph's Day to join me on the Horse Husbands edition, which also means no women are allowed to Absolutely listen. Absolutely no women allowed. Reach over, turn the radio yep. off. If you have a high voice, out. Uh, <laughs> now, if you have a high voice in your man, you're allowed to stay. But uh, any anybody else, just turn it off. We'll be back tomorrow. Well, we're talking all about food on today's Horse Husbands episode. Several Horse Husbands are joining us with their favorite recipes, because we all know it's us that do the cooking, not them. So listen in. Yeah. Now, with one exception I found out before the show, and that's you. What? Yeah. You can't cook? What's going on? Yeah, well, I I, I wondered, you know, how exactly I was going to fit in here. I don't think you're going to fit in at all. I think you just have to be quiet and learn to cook today. Well, but but I have an excuse because I cook what the horses eat. I mean, doesn't that count? No, Uh, doesn't count. You're still a horse husband and you still need to do some cooking here because that's what we do. We all know that horse wives don't cook. Now, you might have married the exception to the rule. Well, it, she, she wasn't the ex- exception at the very beginning, but as time has gone on. As you both uh, got really hungry, <laughs> somebody yeah, had to cook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that did happen a little bit. Yes, somebody, <laughs> somebody had to take up the slack. It got too expensive eating out every night. <laughs> and you Sorry, live in the country. Probably your closest place is not too close. Uh, no, no. Yeah. And I, I love my wife's food, I, I have to say. She, she does uh does a fantastic job of cooking and so well way to stay married there joseph way to stay married yeah. 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 <laughs> you know but she's it, not it listening right no, uh, it is it is true okay. she's a very very good cook <laughs> well then joseph you have to listen and learn today because we have some tremendous recipes coming up barton's joining us alex joining us connor's joining us we're we're, we're doing recipes all across the board but i want to do my favorite current recipe how about that we'll start off with that that sounds great. Is it going to be an entree or is it a this uh, is, appetizer? This is, is there, a hearty beef stew. I have a new favorite tool in the kitchen. It's called the Instant Pot. And I've talked about the Instant Pot before on the show. And if you don't know what it is, just go look up Instant Pot. It's like a, it's a pressure cooker. You know, years ago, our moms and grandmoms had pressure cookers. And I remember seeing my mom cook stuff in the pressure cooker and the little thing would go on the top. And it was that little round thing on the top. Yeah, yeah. But this is a long way from that. These are sealed units. They're not as dangerous as that system was that our grandparents used, that if you did something wrong, the thing would blow up all over your kitchen. Um, that's not the case. These uh, Instant Pots are really great. They cook the food in about a quarter of the time, and it keeps all the moisture in. So if you're cooking meat in there, or if you're cooking a stew like this, everything stays so moist. And you could, like this beef stew, you can cook in no time. Now, you can also cook this beef stew in your crock pot. And I sometimes take, with the Instant Pots, you can also cook it as a crock pot and slow cook all day. So either way, you can do this beef stew. Um, but it's the same It's the same recipe. It's just uh, I'll tell you at the end what the timing is. So this is so simple. It's a simple recipe. One large onion, 
couple of carrots chopped up, two large potatoes cut, chopped up. You want to have some fresh green beans, not canned. They'll turn to mush. So you want fresh green beans. You want a pound of stew meat, beef chunks. I buy the ones that are already stew meat in the, in the store. You know, they come as stew meat. It's already chopped. You don't have to worry about that. A bay leaf, some thyme, some garlic, three cups of beef stock, some light brown sugar, and we don't use light brown sugar, so we use agave for that. Just enough to give it taste, to sweeten it up a little. Some salt, and some Worcestershire sauce, and that's pretty much it. You, what? That's it. You take all all those ingredients. I didn't hear the most ingredient, most important ingredient. What was that? What? Beer and bacon. Oh, not that kind. No, no beer and bacon in this one. So you oh, take no. you take you take and put all of that into your crock pot or your instant pot. And let's just use crock pot because more people have those. You put it in on low for for like eight hours. So put it in the morning, and when you get home in the evening, it's going to be there. You can't cook this too long, by the way. Um, when you get home, though, this is the key to making this is what makes it so good, is you get home, you take the lid off, you you mix up in a bowl three tablespoons of flour and two teaspoons of tomato paste. And that's where you get the tomatoey flavor from. You mix that all up, you put it in your concoction, mix it up, and then you let it go for another 30 minutes. And you, this is the best beef stew I've ever made. It is just you so simple. You know the simple. funny thing, Glenn, just listening to you describe that and how easy it is to make, I'm going to make that for my wife. Oh, it's simple. And I'll put the recipe on our, like, we're going to put them all on our Facebook page and also on the on the show notes for today. This is a yeah. very simple, I am going to take a picture of the recipe I printed out because, or I'll post a link to it probably, but I'd like to take a picture because you can see I used it a lot. <laughs> There's stains oh. all over it. <laughs> so right. it is so simple to do. That's all you do. You throw everything in a pot before you leave in the morning in the crock pot. You come back and you put the flour and tomato paste in, let it cook another half an hour, an hour, or whatever. Beef stew is always better the next day, right? So the leftovers are so good. You have some fresh bread with this and butter. You're good to go. It is just good stuff. Now, if you're cooking it in the pressure cooker, you actually cook it on high for 45 minutes. You let it depressurize by itself. You let it sit for however long you want to. You could let it sit for two hours, and it's just going to get better as it sits there. But you could actually make this in an hour and be eating it, too. And it tastes about the same. I don't know much difference, actually. Uh, so that's one that's one advantage to the pressure cooker. So that's it. And I'll post that recipe. The lid too soon, right? No, that's right. Well, no, you can't. You can't actually. You with the Instapots, you can't lift the lid until it's depressurized. Oh, okay. That's the difference. Yeah, so that you can't blow yourself up and burn your body all over, <laughs> or spread your stew all over your <laughs> yeah, kitchen, exactly, all over you, up. and end up in the hospital. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So it's uh, so we look forward to uh, having you try that. I, matter of fact, now I got to make it again. It's so good. We make this for company all the time too because it, it's just good. For our first guest on tonight to talk about food, our first horse husband, who happens to be a horse dad, who I happen to know both his wife and his daughter. And that's Barton. Good, good evening. Or cut. I got to say good morning. Good morning, Barton. Good morning. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, I have lunch every Friday with your daughter for the last long time now. And I got to meet your wife because we we were refugees during the hurricane at your place. So thank you so much for lending out your tack room and your stalls for for little refugees like us. Oh, you're most welcome. I'm welcome, and I'm sorry that uh, that we lost power afterwards, and our generator didn't work. But so be it. You know, we were the Joseph. We were the first ones to lose power that day. We we went over there, and it was like one o'clock in the afternoon. The storm didn't get there in the evening, and we lost power. And then I heard from Charlotte, your daughter, that they didn't get power. They were one of the last ones to get power back. So um, I think I think it was nine days. Yes. Yep. Yeah, you'd wanted to to get some stock in a generator manufacturing company this year, and maybe water pumps too. Dave, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Well, Barton, you're a horse husband first, and then a horse dad. You've got the whole thing. That's true. That is true. And so Were now, you, uh, are you very involved with the horses? Well. Well, uh, I'm only really uh, kind of yes and no. I, I actually don't ride unless I get talked into a trail ride or something like that. But typically I don't ever really get on them. 
and uh, and I don't really get involved with their care unless Charlotte leaves or or Susan leaves or both of them leave for a period of time and and I you know I do what you need to do feed them clean the stalls uh, you know minor medical stuff and just make sure everything keeps running. If I understand correctly, you you winter in Florida, though. That's a pretty big commitment, isn't it, to travel back and forth? Well, it is. But um, I also fish quite a bit, and some of the best fishing for saltwater species is down in the Florida area and in the Keys and and, uh, in the Bahamas. So it's not really too difficult for me to to acquiesce to come to Florida, I actually like it quite a bit. Actually, Joseph, have to find out if 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 you you do the clean the fishing or the cleaning of the horses. Do your, does your wife do the cleaning of the fish? <laughs> That'd be a no. <laughs> I can answer that for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's up with that? <laughs> Exactly. Actually, the story I heard, Barton, is when you come to Florida, they never see you because you're out fishing. That's the story I heard. Well, that's partially true. <laughs> that's partially true. I try to, if I go, uh, some trips I'll go for, you know, a week or 10 days at a time to go bone fishing out in the Bahamas or something like that. Or if, uh, if I'm tarpon fishing, that season is typically after uh, everybody comes back uh, north again, and I'll stay down for two or three weeks and fish for tarpon in in uh, May and June. And Barton, do you have a do you have a, your own boat? No, they're they're more expensive. Well, actually, not more expensive than horses, but they're awfully expensive. They're pretty close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I used to own a fly rod manufacturing company years ago and when i did that i had i made friends with a lot of guides uh, and had a, a pro staff and so i still know them and they and so i call on them if i want to go fishing now there's an interesting t- statistic because i my, my job is as an inventor one of my jobs and they were talking about the most uh popular things that inventor could come up with and um Surprisingly, that well, maybe not the biggest invention. If you can invent, is for golf. Uh, the second biggest mm. invention is fishing, and the third one is children's toys. So, huh. obviously, when it comes to fishing, there's a lot of things that pe- people must be able to invent in lures and things like that 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 make you think you're going to be able to catch more fish. That's right. It's not just fish that you can hook. And and I suspect that manure forks is like number. 820? Yeah. It's definitely not the top 10. No. Well, Barton, now, your daughter tells me that she goes fishing with you occasionally. Of course, Charlotte, for those that don't know or don't remember me talking about her, she's one of our para riders for for the team here in the United States. And uh, she said she still likes to go fishing. Oh, yeah. She does. Uh, We have uh, a place in the Adirondacks. And it's the perfect kind of place for Charlotte because uh, most of the fishing is out of uh, what are called guide boats, and it's a it's a canoe-shaped boat, if you will, with a flat bottom that you row. And so it's easy for Charlotte to transfer into that and fish out of that. And this coming year, we're going to be um, this coming season when we're down there. Uh, one of my favorite guides is is going to uh, help rig his boat uh, and make it somewhat accessible so Charlotte can come out and go fly fishing with us, too. Well, that's terrific. I know that she was a bit of a daredevil yeah. uh, before the accident, and uh, she still is. So, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so do you, you're, you made fly fishing, so you must tie your own flies. Well, I'm a buyer, not a tire when it comes oh. to flies. I'll tie I'll I was thinking few, that maybe but... if you if you tied them, then you would need you know horsehair for your little little secret fly, and then you could write <laughs> off your entire horse business because it, <laughs> you need that horsehair. Well, Barton, now mm. are you the cook in the family? This is what this episode is all about. It's about cooking. So, do you do the cooking? Well, I would say that uh, that 
we both do cook. However, I would say that I cook more. And, uh, and I definitely would be cooking for any time that we have dinner for more than just ourselves, if we have guests over or a large party or something like that. So, so she can't be trusted to cook do, for people. That's what, what I'm hearing. Um, but and she's not going to listen to this. They're not allowed to listen. So you're you're good. Hopefully she can't hear me now. <laughs> well, uh, well, I you're going to be doing a fish recipe. Obviously, you're a big fisherman. So give us an idea of what we're talking about here, and kind of like quickly go through the recipe. And what we're going to do is we're going to post all these recipes in our show notes at uh, horsesinthemorning dot com, and I'll also put them on our Facebook page. Okay, I love sure. fish tacos, so this is this is going to be good. Well, I. I... I I like them too, but I didn't know how how much they could vary until um, I tried to make them myself. And and my first several tries were were pretty bad, but um, I had uh, you know always tried them in restaurants, and I I had tried quite a few recipes, but there was always something that was I don't know just lacking. Like fish was mushy, or there was a lack of flavor. Or you couldn't you couldn't taste the fish because all the sauces were too strong. And I had uh, I, I went to this place that's down in Key Colony on Marathon uh, in the Keys called Sparky's Landing, and they had absolutely superb fish tacos. And and uh, one of the things that made them so great were these pickled onions that they had. And so I started started I started first with trying to find a good pickled onion recipe, and then I stumbled on this recipe from uh, Cook's Country, and I, that's their online uh, uh, part of Cook's Magazine, I think is what it is, and uh, and they have this recipe called California Fish Tacos that I use that as a as a base to start from and it had everything that I really liked. And so I, that's what I thought I would share that basic recipe. And then some of the things that I do to, to make it kind of, uh, I don't want to say make it my own, but just make it different and more to my liking. So, okay, go ahead. Let's get, let's have it. Okay. Well, um, I'd say starting with the uh, pickled onions and I, and I would say, a lot of it sounds complicated, but it really isn't because a lot of the stuff uh, in the recipe you can actually like the sauce and everything, and the pickled onions you can make ahead of time. And what's so great is if you've got anything left over, pickled onions are killer in just a basic salad. So you, they, nothing will go to waste with this recipe. And the pickled onions is is super easy, uh, and all you really do is take a small red onion and have it and slice it really thin and then take a couple of uh, jalapeno chilies and you want fresh ones for these and slice that really, really quite thin and uh, and then some white wine vinegar uh, and some lime juice and since I usually make this recipe it serves six the way the way that the recipe is presented, but I never make it for six and always triple the recipe probably is because I'm always making it for, you know, 15 people or something like that. Um, so, uh, and as far as the vinegar goes, a cup of white wine vinegar and then two tablespoons of lime juice. And I use, uh, Anelli's key lime juice for that just because it's a little smoother, I think. And, uh, a tablespoon of sugar and a teaspoon of salt. And for that, all you do is you put all the liquid together and, uh, and bring it to a boil, put the onions in and, uh, and then take it off the heat and boom, that's it. You're done. Stir it up. You could let it sit for a while. You could probably uh, use like a Walla Walla sweet in that too. Couldn't you? Instead of a red onion, you could. But one of the nice things about the uh, 
red onion is the the red from the skin of the onion leaches out and it turns the onions a nice kind of pinky oh. red color. Oh yeah, which is yeah. kind of, which is kind of cool. Um, then uh, one of the other main parts of the taco is cabbage, and so you take uh, green cabbage and you shred that up just by hand, and and uh, and the recipe for six calls for three cups. And when I do, when I triple it, I actually don't triple. I don't make nine cups. I make less than that. It's just kind of what seems right. You know, it's one of those things. But, and it doesn't really matter. And then you take uh, a quarter cup or a half a cup if you're doubling or, of course, three quarters if you're tripling the recipe of the pickling liquid from the pickled onions. And you just pour that over the shredded cabbage and then add salt and pepper to taste you know, and toss it up like you would a salad, and now you've got a really killer cabbage topping. And <laughs> the uh, sauce that the recipe calls for, uh, I don't prefer so much because the amount of mayonnaise in it and sour cream make it kind of mayonnaise and it's just kind of, uh, I don't know, it's just too too much. Too much mayonnaise taste. So I have another sauce that I make for that, and uh, and that's just simply taking uh, a container, eight ounce container of of sour cream, and you can use light sour cream or regular sour cream. I tend to use regular sour cream, and then you can you get some uh, adobo sauce from Chipotle peppers, and use about a half a cup of that. And then a couple tablespoons of lime juice. Again, I use Nellie's instead of uh, instead of the other regular old lime juice. And then some lime zest, two teaspoons there, and quarter teaspoon of cumin and chili powder, and half a teaspoon of. You can use some seasonings like Old Bay is pretty good, and then some salt and pepper. And you just mix all that together. However, I would I would caution that if you are doubling or tripling this recipe, do not, absolutely do not double or triple the sauce from the chipotle peppers because you'll have something that is just so darn hot that you can't really eat it. <laughs> uh, it's, it gets to be too hot. So you just have to, you know, kind of go along um, and taste it as you go when you're adding that chipotle uh, the adobo sauce from the chipotle peppers. And so mix all that up. Now the fish, um, this, uh, the, the recipe that I started with from Cook's Country calls for uh, white fish filet, like cod or haddock or something like that. And I, I prefer to use mahi-mahi um, because I think it holds together a little bit better. Um, and I've also used uh, fresh grouper cheeks. When I can find them, when I'm in Florida, I can find them on a fairly regular basis. And they're really good. Um, so those would be my two choices. And for, for uh, six people, you need a couple of pounds. And, uh, of course, for more, you need more. Um, and you cut that into strips that are about four inches long and about an inch wide. You, you know, you don't have to, to get too careful about that. You just don't want the fish to fall apart when you're when you're uh, when you're cooking it. And then uh, one of the nice things about this recipe is the batter is a light batter, but because it has flour and cornstarch and baking powder in it, when you fry it, the the fish is really crispy. And so when you put it in the taco and bite into it, you get crunch from the onions and you get crisp from the um, fish. And then you get the sauces and it's just fabulous. Anyway, 
So is anybody getting there. hungry right um, now? Just saying. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, am. <laughs> I am. So, anyways, for the the fish, it's pretty simple. Um, you, basically, all you really do is is uh, uh, preheat an oven and keep it warm because when you're you can do that for 200 degrees and put a wire rack in there so that when you're cooking the fish, you have to cook it in batches that it's got some place to sit and, uh, and stay nice and warm. And you just take the fish and pat it dry with some paper towels. And then you put salt and pepper onto the fish itself. And then the, the uh, flour, cornstarch and baking soda, soda and salt, you whisk together. Uh, and then you add uh, beer and, the uh and then you dip the fish into that and then put it into uh oil and and typically the oil peanut oil is good because uh, that takes a good high heat and uh and gives a little bit of a nutty flavor um but as far as the amounts you use three quarters of a cup of all-purpose flour, a quarter cup of cornstarch, teaspoon of baking powder, uh, a cup of beer, and a quart or so of peanut oil. And then you have six-inch corn tortillas and some fresh cilantro chopped up. I think it would be um, more fun if you had a quart of beer and, and only a <laughs> cup of it went into it. <laughs> you'd, well, you'd be enjoying yourself more about it. <laughs> Well, well, there's no question about that. That does tend to happen, and when usually, usually when I cook these, uh, there's a lot of people around, and so there's always something like beer, and uh, and we found that if you make really good margaritas, that that actually works pretty that well. That helps too. too. Every time you say it bacon does. powder, I I keep hearing bacon. And thinking, gosh, bacon uh, with a fish taco, boy, that would be an interesting combination. <laughs> actually, it would. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let you know. You'll, yeah, you'll have to <laughs> let me know. Uh, and if it was from Texas, it'd be deep fried after that. That's right. If it, yeah, but although from where you are in New England, it might be maple bacon at that point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds good too. Well, the, uh, we're going to so, put. I, yeah, I mean, go ahead. That's really the whole thing. Well, we're going to put this recipe because there was a lot of a lot of parts to that. We're going to put it on our on our page, and and we'll make sure that everybody can, has access to it on our Facebook page and also on the show notes. Uh, and I assume the fish that is best is the fish that you catch. Well, it is, of course, of course it is, <laughs> and and you can use pretty much any fish. I just happen to like the flavor of mahi mahi. Perfect. Well, Barton, and, thank uh, you. Just real quickly, yeah. are you are you uh, is corn tacos, uh, soft tacos? What what do you what do you prefer the most for your tacos? Well, uh, corn tacos are the traditional, I would say, and uh, but sometimes um, sometimes they tend, depending on where you get them from, they might fall apart. So uh, I I also I have available both flour ones and. Uh, corn ones when I. It sounds like they'd this. be a great appetizer as well as an entree too. So nice. Oh, recipe. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very good, Barton. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Good. I look forward to uh, to meeting both you guys. All right. Thank sounds you, good. Barton. Thanks, Barton. So there we go. We're starting the day off with fish tacos, and uh, we're going to next be heading off to talk to Alex, and we're going to do a little. We're going to do a little dessert, and then we're going to come back to... I know there's vegetarians in the group, so we have to, like, appease them, too. So Connor's going to help us with that. But first, we have to talk about... Joseph, we have to talk about your company. Boy, you have seen some business. I know that there's I, I know there's a lot of tree people down here that are using chainsaws uh, in Florida after the hurricane. And I know that you actually have a product that it can help with a chainsaw. Yeah, this the, the hurricane for all of its misery, it's kind of a trifecta for us because, as you know, with your flexion fork, with all the, the moss and everything that's on the ground, nothing beats a, a flexion fork, especially the fine tine to go around and, and pluck all that stuff out of your out of your grass. 
Um, and then when it comes to the sand, you get all the debris on the sand, and we make the, the shake and rake, which is basically a flex and fork that has a, a basket, a quarter-inch screen or something like that. And uh, that can be either manual or powered, just like our regular one. And so after you clean your yard, you clean your beach, and then you got the big tree. And if you're lucky, the tree missed your house. You go pull out your trusty steel chainsaw, and uh, it'll run for about, I don't know, a half hour, hour, and then the performance starts to suffer because the filter clogs up. Well, instead of putting a traditional steel filter on it, we've had a patent on the world's finest steel chainsaw air filter. We call it the Max Flow Air Filter. And uh, we've had an absolutely banner year because of the hurricanes and the fires with our air filter. So if somebody who's listening here needs a better air filter, you can go to equitymfg.com. And uh, it's kind of a strange mix, right? Manure forks, sand rakes, air wow. filters. Well, we but, used you know, our manure forks. Our flex and forks ended up being used for tree and limb and, and Spanish moss cleanup uh, for the last two weeks. That's what ours got used for. No poop, just Spanish moss, and you know how that stuff is. It's everywhere. And when, it, when you have a big storm like that, our whole field was covered in Spanish moss. So Yeah, the shake and rake, the, the, the basket version, that was developed uh, in, well, originally developed to take cartridge brass um, during the, the Afghanistan or the Iraqi war. We were hoping to sell it to the military to take the, the cartridge brass out of the sand. But then it was used in golf courses, and then the uh, oil spill happened, the, the Deepwater Horizon oil spill, and we were one of 12 uh, products that was actually selected for for cleaning that. So all of these products that we make, both the, the chainsaws, the shake and rakes, which is the screen, and the flex and fork, have been around for a dozen years or more now, so they're, they're really well-tested. Well, you know they last forever. They did, and we didn't break them even with the heavy branches. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I just wanted to mention also that last uh, last month we said we were looking for a product development contact at, at 3M for a new product we have has to do with hearing and earphones, and uh, we're offering a shaken fork carbon fiber uh, if somebody will help us make an introduction. So if you've got that, just give us a call here. All right, very good, thank you. Well, let's head over to our next guest. Alex is going to be joining us. Oh, hello, Alex. Glenn and I are. Uh, kind of holding our appetites to listen to what you're putting together here. It looks like it's going to be a blueberry goat cheese pie. And so I'm assuming that in, in your family, you're the, the uh, cook. <laughs> I wish. Oh. <laughs> just I'm, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I've never really been much of a cook, but it's just like this one is just kind of like a, a little hobby I kind of picked up. Like, uh, I'll go. I'll get into the story like once we start talking about the pie, but I'll talk about why I became such a uh, a crazed uh, pie junkie. And and what's what's your relationship with the with the horses in the family? Are you are you do you own a horse? Do you ride daily? You support your wife? I the, do not. I I married into it essentially. But uh, just a little bit of backstory. Uh, my aunt Joni actually used, uh, still rides horses. She's owned horses as long as I've known her. So that's when I got my first intro into horses. And then, uh, well, then when Claire and I first met, I found out that she was a horse person. So I already knew what to expect. Um, not that it's a bad thing, for the record straight. But um, now I'm just officially a horse husband. I support the habit. Uh, I'm not the habit, the hobby or the lifestyle. As no, I'm habit's a good word, actually. Right. We'll yep. stick with that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but essentially, you know, I... I accept it. I think it's a great thing. Yes, it's a little expensive, but you know, it you know, it, it could it could be worse. But you know, horses are a very big responsibility and they are like I said, they are a big lifestyle and they are a very, very important part of Claire's identity. So I definitely do support her in this one hundred percent. So And you've been married uh, for a number of years. Oh no, not not a number of years. So <laughs> we got married in two thousand fourteen, so but we've been together since two thousand twelve. Well, that's a number of years. Three is a number. A, yeah, exactly. A Three is a number, Alex. A number, just not a great number. <laughs> uh, an odd number. <laughs> now, Alex, you, uh, I, we, uh, Joseph doesn't know this, but we met before Alex came down. They spent a couple days here. It was, it was fun. We got to hang out. Tell us about the pie. Now we're gonna go. We're gonna go. We did fish tacos first, and we have had beef beef stew, and now we're going pie. So what's the story with the pie? All right. So 
uh, a while back, I was down in uh, Fort Stewart. Uh, for Joe, Joe, if you didn't know, I'm in the military. And I was down in Fort Stewart for a school, and Claire came down to visit me. Well, we got a bit of the flu, so we were hanging out inside the hotel room in uh, downtown Hinesville. And I was binge-watching on, uh, what was it? It was Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dog Drive. Oh, drives. Yeah. I always get that name wrong. And, yeah, well, <laughs> yes. Well, anyway, he stopped in at this restaurant, and then he was introduced this kind of a pie. And it's a blueberry goat cheese pie. And it is it goes for a one inch size pie, essentially, right? Now, the crust, if you decide to go with, like, just to purchase a crust, it'll be perfectly fine. Like, for instance, you can get the graham cracker crust, or you can get those typical crusts that you can uh, get in the store. Um, you can even get gluten-free crust, and it'll work just fine. Um, now, here's the interesting thing is that the filling consists of a half a cup of soft goat cheese, a half a cup of heavy cream, a half a cup of brown sugar, a quarter cup of all-purpose flour, one large egg, a pinch of salt, and five cups of fresh blueberries. Now, here's the interesting ingredient that goes in this. One tablespoon of finely chopped fresh basil. Now, I know a lot of people would think basil in a dessert dish. And I tell you what, though, that basil accents the pie unlike anything else that I've ever had, ever. It's just absolutely incredible. And the thing is with this pie, you don't need to add anything to it. Like, you don't need to have it with ice cream. I mean, you can if you want to, but you don't need to add it with ice cream. It goes just fine by itself. I've made this pie at least 10 times, and I've done multiple combinations with it. I've even done it without the blueberries. I've done strawberries, and then I added, like, a... uh I wanted to do like a banana custard mix with it, but I ended up doing like a banana pudding on top of it, and that turned out really well. I've done raspberry, blackberry, and I've done uh, the the raspberry one. What I did was I put at the very bottom of the crust, I put like raspberry jam at the bottom, and then I added the raspberries in. But um, how does it sound so far? Oh, man. It sounds creamy is how it sounds. Goat cheese? Are you kidding? <laughs> it's really good, ten, ten though. It's, only, it's, that's, that's like one person's worth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, essentially, yeah. But if you if you do a, if you play your cards, I mean, you, you could even like actually make two pies out of this. I mean, it, it all depends on like how you experiment with it. So, um, but if if people want me to kind of walk in the direction, so uh, for the filling, what you do is you mix the goat cheese, the heavy cream, the egg, the sugar, the flour, the salt, and the basil together in a bowl, and then you'll add the blueberries and mix to the desired texture. Now you can use just any standard mixer with this, and then once you've got it a nice little consistency uh what you gotta do is you preheat your oven to 350 degrees and then once you've got the uh dough you know the pie pan all right you pour the filling into the crust uh and then you sprinkle over the topping now what you sprinkle over the topping okay you don't put like another piece of dough on top what you do is you take one cup of sliced almonds sliced not diced and then you do a half a cup of sugar and a third cup of melted margarine now i'm guessing why margarine is because margarine just does something, and it actually helps the consistency on the uh, almonds and actually adds a little bit of flavor to it. But that's the crust right there, actually, on top. And what you're supposed to bake for is for 25 minutes. Now, it depends on your oven. Like, I actually have to bake for a little bit longer, and you have to rotate halfway through. So and, and it, it depends on the oven. Like, for instance, uh, since we live in the RV, our oven isn't exactly like a con- uh, standardized oven, so it takes a little bit longer for us to cook. But the one thing I can definitely recommend is, as tempting as it'll be because it'll smell so good, like you'll know it's done by then, is to not eat it until like it's sat in the fridge for about a day or so because that way can, it slices a lot easier. Because if you try to eat it hot out of the oven, it's going to turn into a bit of a crumble, should I say. But it's still good. I mean, I, I recommend it to anybody. Wow, I'm, I'm, I've never heard of goat cheese pie, and now I really want goat cheese pie. And you're right, you could put any kind of fruit on it. I mean, it wouldn't matter what berry you used. Um, but I love blueberries, so that's great. I mean, I'm ready. I'm ready for this one. Yep. All you got to do is just, if you want to find this recipe, you just Google uh, goat cheese pie and look for the one that says for Food Network. When you click on it, you'll see it under recipe courtesy of Moira Summers. Show Diners Dive drive-ins and dives i always get the name wrong and it's uh episodes dynamic desserts and signature sandwiches so and and we'll put a recommend we'll put a link to it in our show notes too just so everybody can find it boy that's that does sound really interesting uh, to to build i you know almost makes me want to experiment with like making half the pie with strawberries and half the pie with blueberries something like that yep 
Now, if you're going to do that, you know, make sure that you actually cut the uh, strawberries like into quarters, probably. So that way you're not like taking giant bites out of strawberries. Uh, that's that's what I did, at least. And it turned out just fine. Now, can you so, mix about it? Like can you mix a shot of bourbon in there, too? Well, I've never tried that, you know. I don't have <laughs> I, that, that's a bit intriguing, actually. I mean, I've never tried that. Um but I've, I've made this recipe, like I said, about 10 times, and each time it's got better and better and better. I made it twice when I was in Oregon just this past year. And, and no, I made it once in Oregon with two pies uh, when I was there this uh, just this year. And I made two pies when I was up in Michigan when we were visiting uh, Claire's family. And both times it was just a smash success. I mean, it's just it's a fantastic pie. I mean, it's, it's definitely different. And I think it just everyone's like, I can taste the basil, but, you know, it's not that strong, but it's just perfect. It just accents it in such a, a magnificent way. Well, terrific. We're going to post a link to this on our Facebook page and also in our show notes. And Alex, we appreciate you stopping by with dessert. Fantastic. Glad All right. Be Thank here. you, Alex. All right. Thanks, Alex. Say hi to Claire for us. All right. All right. Will Bye. do. Well, next up, we're going to have Connor come on. He's going to be going all vegetarian for us with like, you know, so Jamie will be happy that there's at least something vegetarian on the show. But first, I wanted to remind everybody that we'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow is Friday, and of course, it's really bad ads day. So get your ads into Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Go on Craigslist, Facebook. You go anywhere, you're going to find some really crappy uh, horse ads out there and send them in. We'll have a little bit of fun with them tomorrow. And we're adding all kinds of new segments to the show. Jamie's feeling creative, apparently. So we're uh, we're doing that. And we have a lot of fun stuff coming up for you, including Joseph. We are only two months away from Radiothon. So, yeah, Yeah, you know, speaking of food, I was thinking that one of my favorite places to have food is on a cruise. Don't you have something coming up? Yes, we do. And and it's there's still time. Thank you, Joseph. There's still time to get in for the cruise. As a matter of fact, on this week's Stable Scoop show that comes out on Friday, we're going to talk to the cruise, uh, our, our appointed cruise director, Rhonda, and also the travel agent who's booking the cruise with us. And we're going to be answering some last minute listener questions. There's still time to reserve, reserve your cabin. The rates have not gone up yet, but they probably will as the cabins get less available the rates go up and we have over 50 people signed up uh, to go on this cruise we're going to have a blast together this is not an educational cruise this is just us having a good time together as horse people uh you get to hang out food yeah and good food yep you're right and and you know what's nice about cruises especially royal caribbean you want to order four entrees at dinner every night, you can order four entrees. You want all the desserts. One night we said, bring us all the desserts. And they brought us a plate of every dessert. Uh, so you can do that. That's no big deal. We're all going to sit together every night for dinner. Uh, we're all, all of our ports, by the way, are still there. Nassau's there. Um, <laughs> it's important. Uh, and Key West actually opened already for cruise ships. So we'll be stopping at Key West and then the private island that Royal Caribbean has, which is absolutely beautiful. So if you want to eat your way through a week in February, then join us. Go to horseloverscruise.com and sign up today. Call the travel agent. Get it. Get your tickets in. Everybody's getting very excited. They're all getting their passports, and uh, I'm, I'm getting very excited about it. We have never done a cruise with a group like this before, Jennifer and I. We've always gone by ourselves, and I'm just so excited. I think a cruise is going to be more fun with with people you know and you like already because you have a common interest. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and I, I would love to be there. I think that that would be a, a, a really enjoyable break. Barton, a break with horses, but with no horses. Barton is uh, Barton's daughter, Charlotte, who I was talking about, uh, is going to be signing up this week. So she's going to be coming to the cruise. We managed to get her a wheelchair room. So I think that she's going to be joining us. So uh, I'm I'm just very excited because we're pretty close. So I'm excited that she's going to get to go, too. That's one nice thing about cruises. They're very wheelchair accessible. So everything is made for that. The hallways are wide enough. Everything's just made for that. So I think Charlotte is going to have a really good time. Now, let's get to Connor, who's going to be uh, bringing us something a little bit vegetarian. Connor, good morning, Connor. Good morning. How are you guys? Doing very well. We're uh, continuing our show that's a food episode here, and I'm looking at this, and I, I understand that you're a vegetarian, yeah. and uh, you're going to be sharing a veggie burger with cheddar uh, jalapeno poppers, which sounds really oh. interesting. Uh-huh, yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, I'm a vegetarian. and I um, my, Now, is my that wife, by choice or did your wife make you? I actually got her to become oh. uh, more of a vegetarian. Yeah. Okay. I've been, I've been a vegetarian maybe on and off for like 16, 17 years. So uh, adding bacon I've, to this burger isn't going to be uh, an option for you. <laughs> Not at my house. <laughs> <laughs> but we could, Joseph. We'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, I've been on a bacon tear here recently. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, when we, when uh, my wife and I met, um, I told her I was a vegetarian, but I, I was, or I was trying to be, but my weakness was bacon. In fact, yeah. uh, so that was the hardest thing to give up. Yeah, they'll have to come up with a vegetarian bacon someday. They have it, and it's oh. awful. I tried it. It's awful. Oh, <laughs> I tell you what, though, if you give up bacon for like five, six years, and you don't have a morsel, and then you try the fake bacon, it it, it actually it does tastes it pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, veggie burgers have gotten kind of a, a bad rap, except for recently, and I'm I'm starting to understand that that some of the ingredients that they're using to build them, you know, the burger part of it is, is it's really coming around. It's not tofu or something like that. Is that the case with yours or? Um, I think the, the, the stuff that I use is a soy based, um, uh-huh. fake meat. I think uh-huh. a lot of the burgers like that you, like if you buy like a frozen package of veggie burgers at the grocery store, they're not super good. Yeah. Um, they're, they're easy and convenient. Like if you're going to a cookout at a friend's house, but, but um, they're not they're not the best. The one that I do though is is like a soy based uh, ground meat, uh, fake meat kind of thing. So do you want me to tell you how I do these? I'd love to hear it. All right. I do, so I this is a a, a a recipe that I that I mostly invented. I um I and I didn't actually write it down ever. So I'm just going to give you. I'm like one of these Italian grandmas. It's sort of like a splash of this and a touch of that. And your and your hands are doing the talking the whole time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm doing that right now. So, <laughs> um, what what I do is I get a package of uh, it's called Boca Crumbles, which is like a fake uh, a fake ground beef sort of substitute, and um, that's sort of the base of of the burger. I also get a um, a block of uh, like pepper jack cheese. And uh, just like whatever Publix brand pepper jack cheese is what I usually use. Um, and uh, what I do is I take a, an onion and I grind it up in the food processor. And I mix that in with the Boca crumbles. And then I um, shred the entire block of cheese and I mix that in with the Boca crumbles and the onion. And then I put um, some breadcrumbs in there, just a, a touch of breadcrumbs, maybe a quarter cup. I'm, I'm a little not body in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do an egg, at least one egg, sometimes two. Uh, the big risk with these veggie burgers is them getting too dry. So dry, if you feel yeah. like, and, and then also like falling apart on the griddle. Mm-hmm. So if uh, you feel like it's a little too dry, you can put a second egg in. Um, or you could cook it in bacon grease, and then that would help too. <laughs> Solve all your problems. I'm just saying. <laughs> Might improve the taste. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so you mix in the eggs. I also put in uh, barbecue sauce, like, directly into the burger. I put a little bit of Worcestershire as well, and then uh, this thing called liquid smoke. Sure. If you are a vegetarian and you like bacon, it is your best friend because it uh-huh. gives that little smoky bacon kind of flavor. So you I like mix all that baby in. baby rays or something? What's your, what's your favorite barbecue sauce? Uh, barbecue sauce. I use a uh, Yinling uh, black and tan uh, barbecue sauce. Okay. Um, I don't know who makes it, but it's got yin, you know the Yinling the beer. Um, well, there's that almost, beer thing again, Glenn. That seems yeah. to be a theme with horse husbands, actually. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, and so then I mix all that up and make it into patties, and I uh, fry it on the stovetop. Like, and I put some butter in the in the pan, and, and then uh, grill it or fry it up that way. It's it's yeah. not too hard. It's not too uh, too complicated, and I think it tastes really good. You could ask you could ask Liz one day next time you have her on the show. Actually, I'd like to make it because Jennifer really likes uh, some of the veggie burgers. You know, I think with veggie burgers, you're right. I and she's eaten them at all different restaurants and stuff. She's not a vegetarian, but she likes to have the veggie burgers occasionally. And you know, she uh-huh. says some of them are just awful. And then there's some that are just yeah. really good. 
And yeah, these and are I, I these like, are meant to these are meant to be fried and not not grilled. I'm. Yeah, I've never tried them on a grill. I'd be afraid that they would like fall through the the um, the grill. You know, the <laughs> the flats on the grill there. So sure, I haven't done them on a grill yet. Uh-huh. And I and if I'm looking, if I understand correctly, you were suggesting a pepper jack, but also cheddar could be substituted, right? Uh, well, yeah, you could do cheddar if you did this pepper jack. Maybe makes it a little bit more spicy. So uh, when I do them for my kids, I might make them with just regular cheddar. You know, we I just also, we so just had a recipe with goat cheese. It. Goat cheese would be good too, actually. <laughs> could be, yeah. yeah. Could be. Uh, yeah. With uh, a little bacon grease I in with cheddar. it. Be good. <laughs> <laughs> You're just stuck on the bacon. <laughs> <laughs> I do the cheddar with the pep with the jalapeno poppers, and I I just made this up this year because we grew we have a little garden, and it seems like the only thing we can grow is jalapenos. <laughs> uh, it's probably because all the bugs think they're too hot to eat. Yeah, you so. can't kill those things. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I just uh, I just discovered that. Um, if you take the jalapenos and you slice them long ways and, and take out some of the innards and then uh, I do I, I, I put some butter inside and then use again that liquid smoke uh-huh. uh, to get that bacon flavor because a lot of people make jalapeno poppers wrapped in bacon and I don't do that obviously and then well, I that's put, what, uh, when I Sorry, that's what first made me think of bacon on this would really go well because you know, whenever I think of jalapenos and, and say jalapenos and shrimp, and then you put a little bit of bacon with it, and it just <laughs> yeah. they, they go together really well. Yeah, they do. But the liquid smoke, like I said, if you don't have bacon for about five or six years straight, maybe the, maybe the liquid smoke is, is a good Take enough substitute you. for you. You kind yeah. of forget what it tastes like. Um, and so, yeah, a dab of liquid smoke, and then you stuff the cheese in there, and a little bit of breadcrumbs over the top. Uh, and I, I put those in the oven and let those uh, bake, I guess, for for a few minutes until you see the cheese start bubbling. Mm. Can I just say I don't want to live long enough to not remember what bacon tastes like. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna throw that out there. I just I don't want to live that long. Well, so, good luck with that. <laughs> So if Jennifer's Your listening, yes, exactly. <laughs> it could be a reason my family all dies young. That could be it. Uh, <laughs> actually, yeah. I think that this sounds, and it's a very simple recipe, too. Yeah, yeah. It's not too hard. It takes me a few minutes to make them. Uh, I can do them after work. Uh, it doesn't take too long. Well, that's terrific. What, what, you know, as a vegetarian, what are your favorite things to eat? What are, what are some of your favorites? Uh, vegetarian. Um, I do a lot of stuff that uses like uh, uh, meat substitutes. I know a lot of vegetarians don't quite like that, but that's how I cook. I, I got pretty good at cooking tofu for a while. Um, and you can like tofu. I think is good because you can you can marinate it in almost anything, and it it kind of assumes that taste. It never takes on the texture, so the texture is the hard part with tofu. I think. Um, so I eat a lot of different kinds of tofu uh, dishes. Liz doesn't love the tofu, so that's sort of dropped out of my mainstays in the last few years. Um, eggs are good for your protein sources, and then and then. Um, you know, like chili with beans. Uh, bean-based chilies are always good too. So uh, we yeah, had some. Uh, actually, we had some tortilla soup tonight. I actually bought one of the fancy packages at like the health food store, and you know, it called for chicken, which we put chicken in. You wouldn't have had to put anything in it. You could have just put additional veggies in it. We put some noodles in it and stuff, and it was some of the best uh, tortilla soup I've ever had. It was really good. Yeah, And, you know, I'm, I'm surprised you can eat a chicken after your... I know. Yeah. yeah, We're not going there. We got our new fridge today. I'm happy. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, this is great. I, you know, Connor, thank you so much for joining us and, and offering this. And we're going to put, uh, I need you to email it to me, though, if you can tonight. Uh, just type it up and send it over in an email. And I will, uh, we'll put a, a copy of what's in it, uh, on our Facebook page and also in our show notes. Well, there we go. That's a lot of recipes. 
that that's a lot of recipe and a lot of time you're probably going to have to do some pruning but i like that we had a variety too you know and and now it gives you something to aspire to joseph you know you cannot continue to carry the horse husband card unless you cook right i mean we're going to be taking that sucker away we're going to be ripping it up and in my case it was whether the horses ate or my wife ate because we we found pretty, I guess we were a couple of years into the marriage, and I was doing all the cooking at that point, and I was also getting into the haying part of it, and there was one particular day that, that dinner was coming, and the thunderstorm was coming, and I continued uh, to watch that, went inside, made dinner, ruined the hay. Ah. Both my wife and I realized that um, my days as a cook were going to have to be short-lived if I was going to be a farmer. But I made her a deal. I said, if you cook it, now my wife, she could hardly boil an egg, and she, she'll readily admit this. But I said, if you cook it, I'll eat it, and no matter what. And if it tastes good, I'll have seconds. And to, right now, my wife can cook a steak better than any restaurant I've ever been in. And that's hard. I screw up steaks. I screw them up so easily. I'm not a good beef cooker. Just my, just even talking about her steaks makes makes me salivate. Although I have to say that oven is a four letter word in our in our house. Um, we 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 don't have so. And I when I saw that the goat cheese pie, everything was looking really good. And then he said, "You put it in the oven." Up, oh, that's that. Our our oven. I don't. It probably looks just like brand new. <laughs> so you don't cook anything in the oven? No, we're we're. I mean, really. Are you Asian? Or what? No, no. It, no, it's just that we just don't really get into the. I mean, I I don't like lasagnas and I don't like casseroles and I don't don't like uh, you know we eat, we eat prime rib. I mean, I like that part of it, but I would say thirty percent, forty percent of our of our eating it's it's done on a barbecue. I mean, we we love steaks and ribs and and uh, yeah. Oh, see, I'm and I'm fish, a you know we're a big crock pot. As I talked about earlier, we're a big crock pot or the new instant pot. Uh, we're big into that. I love casseroles. And I know a lot of people don't like casseroles. A lot of people just don't like their food touching. But uh, I like all my food touching into one big glob. So, Well, I can, you know, we were doing the blueberry thing, but I, I can tell you that I, I love, if you talk about a food, it's blueberry pancakes. Mm. Um, Jennifer makes great pancakes. Especially if you go horse camping. Yeah. And you've got, once again, bringing in bacon here. But yep. You've got the bacon, the bacon grease, the pancakes, yep. the blueberries on it. I, I mean, Wow. How can you go wrong? Actually, every Sunday we make bacon on the griddle, and then she makes pancakes on the same griddle, and it's just the best. (laughs) It really is. Uh, Diane has a – one of her friends, Andrea, has something called a grub hub. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's it's like a freestanding camp uh, counter. It's got a little sink, and it's got a food prep area and all that, and so very often – Diane and I will still be asleep or close to asleep, and and Andrea will go feed the horses, and then next thing you know, there's these blueberry pancakes and bacon wafting, you know, through the trees. And man, oh man, that's heaven to me. Well, now we mentioned all your products before, Joseph. Where can people find them? Uh, you can find them at our website, which is equitymfg.com. That's www.equitemfg.com. Best manure forks in the world. Head on over there for the Flex and Fork and the Shake and Fork. We've been using them now here for almost six years, I think, or longer even, maybe seven. So and we don't have anything else. There's, no, there's none of that cheap crap that you buy at the feed store. It, there's none of those forks here anymore. They're going. And don't don't forget we got our air filters now too if you're Yeah, I just now the air filters having just bought an Echo chainsaw are are they available for Echoes too or is it just steel, uh, steel or what? It, yeah, it's just the steel. Okay. The steel has has a, a chainsaw that the same basic style of filter fit a lot of them. Oh, okay. So we make different covers for each saw but but our air filter uh, element is the same. Okay, good. And are they washable? Can you clean them? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, one of the biggest things, they're foam, and you can rewash them, and, and actually for, for the... Because that's important line, on a chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, and, and not only that, <laughs> what's important is to be able to get a very long run period between cleanings. Yep. And and as a comparison that an independent person did, you can run one tank of gas with a factory saw before the performance degrades, and at 30 tanks through hours, they just gave up because it had oh, run wow. so long. They said that nobody's going to run 30 tanks without cleaning a filter. And we all, anybody that's used a chainsaw knows how damn finicky they are. Ugh. 
Yeah. I mean, starting them and keeping them running and chainsaws just seem to be a pain in the ass. (laughs) It's like, yeah, steel makes a fantastic saw, but, but we, we got lucky. There was a symbiotic relationship between max flow filters and steel chainsaws because wow, it, it really performs. And, and are they really expensive or? No, 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 that's what I was going to say for the cost of two regular filters, which you're going to go through pretty darn quick. If you're a professional, you can buy our kit, which gives you two washable filters and you may be able to go for several months and the price is the same. Oh, wow. So, but more importantly, you're going to get fresh, clean air into your saw. And so the performance stays higher longer. And so you don't work as hard. The, The chain is able to stay at a higher RPM and it just you know, slices through the wood instead of you sawing and trying to stay in that power band of a chainsaw. Same. I've been doing that, the, the filters, for over 30 years, and, and uh, we have a very, very uh, good following with steel dealers, which is another place you can buy our products is at steel dealers. Very good. And, of course, you can find all of the information about the recipes that we talked about today at horsesinthemorning.com or horseradionetwork.com. You can find it there as well as on our Facebook page. Just search for Horses in the Morning. Joseph is here. Uh, lately, you've been here every fourth every month. Thursday yep. of the month. And yep. we're looking yep. forward to having you back. We're coming into the holidays. We're only two months away from Radiothon, which will be another big day. Uh, well, so that be fun? Yep. We're looking forward to that. I actually got to get to work on it, or we're not going to have a Radiothon. So I got to get to work. Uh, but it's always it's always a blast, and we have we have a lot of fun things planned for you this year as well. That's yeah, it. it'll help if you don't have to live in a warehouse when the hurricane comes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's it for today. We'll all see you all tomorrow morning. Thank you, Joseph. You're welcome, and uh, don't forget to spay, neuter, and geld.